Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wander Middle Earth in the Lore of the Rings podcast, where we wander the world of J.R.R. Tolkien. In the Lore of the Rings podcast, we explore the inspiring tales and rich mythology of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings Legendarium and connect it to the movies and the new Rings of Power series. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You'll find a new lore-packed episode every Thursday. Come wander and not be lost with the Lore of the Rings podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are going to the Grey Wastes of Hades. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm wasted. Oh, I'm no. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm doing good. How That's are you? Good. I'm glad. I'm doing pretty good myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Neither wasted nor gray. Nor gray. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get gray on this show. It's well, all positivity up in here. Uh, well, no, not today. Today's going to be really gray and very dour, <laughs> actually. <laughs> well, that's the notes I'm talking about. Our demeanors. That's true. Yes. Our yeah. demeanors are never gray or wasteful <laughs> or, or Hades. Any of those. Yeah. None of them. <clears throat> So if you want a say in what we say on this show, you got to get in on the Patreon voted topic polls we have going over on Patreon. That's true. We do have those. Mm-hmm. We have patreon.com slash the dungeon cast is a place you can go to to participate in that. Indeed. I mean, you could scream it into the comments or the discord or whatever ether you decide to bark into. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to if you want to really get in this brain, you know what to do. Indeed. And where did our patrons send us this month? Well, this month, we are putting on our board shorts and sunglasses before having the horrible realization that the cruise we got on was not, in fact, an all-paid adventure to the Bahamas, but a one-way trip down the River Styx to the gloomiest plane in the universe. Oh. The Grey Wastes of Hades. Okay. Thanks, patrons. Down the River Styx, the Grey Wastes of Hades. So, yeah, thank you, patrons. We really appreciate you guys participating in the votes. Can you touch a little bit more on how exactly that poll system works? You, Because they're... they're Episodes are nominated and voted on, right? <clears throat> so the way it works is first a a topic suggestion thread will get posted in which anyone who's a patron can get in there and make a suggestion. Usually right now we're sitting between like 9 to 15 suggestions per per uh, thread. Okay. Um, at which point after a couple weeks goes by and like there's, there's no more activity, 
I put up a poll. And what I'll do is I'll choose four of the suggested topics, usually heavily weighted by how many people like certain things. Mm. And also what I you know feel like talking about during the, that time period. It's important. Yeah. And then I let the patrons vote on it. Once the votes all roll in, which they're averaging about 200 or so votes. Okay. Um, yeah. Whatever wins, wins. Uh, that, that's almost the that that's a good chunk of the the people there I think too. Yeah, actually, I really actually, don't know how many people. It, it, are it may on be page. more like one hundred. Actually, I might have mis misquoted. But, yeah, there's yeah. there's there's definitely. Well, thank you guys for being so active on there. I really yeah. appreciate it. And obviously, just being there that's a big deal for us. Um, it helps slots like the main way we get uh, financially supported. I think it's the most consistent thing that we have mm -hmm. going on too. So Indeed. thank you guys a lot, and you you've earned this. Indeed. <clears throat> So, this place, Hades, is gray and lifeless. Mm. It's like a proto-Shadowfell, but less cool. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Okay. I'll let you decide. All right. It's interesting in its own way, and I think there are a lot of cool things you can do, you can do with this Outer Plane in your campaign. But I feel like Hades, like a lot of the Outer Planes not named the Abyss, Celestia, or the Nine Hells, is a bit underdeveloped and underutilized. Mm. Uh, Hades specifically suffers from the fact that the Shadowfell ticks a lot of the same boxes and has a lot more cool lore and monsters going on. Or at least more iconic monsters and races. Uh, but by the end of this, I will let you decide on this conclusion. I will try and brainstorm what I would do to utilize the plane of existence. So let's get into it. Yeah, sure. I, I imagine it's there. There's a lot of content in the other planes. So <clears> if it's you know, if you're looking to pick like from the pool here, mm -hmm. it's like, ah, oh, which one am I going to start with? Probably not this one. Probably not. Okay. Um, my thing is, is like, okay, why does why does the abyss get infinite planes? Yeah. While every other one, okay, so nine house has nine, right? But nine is actually, you know, a healthy amount, and they're pretty well detailed. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these planes, including the one we're talking about today, has anywhere from two to four. Oh, okay. And it's just, and they're not very well. There's just not a lot written about them. Yeah, because they um, weren't as cool, right? Because they weren't so as cool. So even the writers jumped out. But yeah. that leaves space for you to go in and make something awesome. Very true. So let's get into it. The Grey Wastes of Hades, also known as the Grey Waste, is the plane of evil balanced between law and chaos. It is where evil springs eternal. It is a plane of endless apathy and despair. It is a great battlefield of the blood war. Hades sits at the nadir of the lower planes, halfway between the devils and demons, each bent on the other's annihilation. Uh, thus, it often sees its gray planes darkened by vast armies of demons battling equally vast armies of devils who neither ask nor give quarter. Mm, okay. So, like, even like even now, the first thing we're learning about it is that it is basically a battlefield of those other two cooler planes. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, it, they're bringing their cool to this place. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, if any plane defies... Uh, defines the nature of true evil, it is the Grey Waste. In the Grey Waste of Hades, pure, undiluted evil acts as a powerful spiritual force that drags all creatures down. Here, even the consuming rage of the Abyss and the devious plotting of the Nine Hells are subjugated to the hopelessness. Um, apathy and despair seep into everything at the pole of evil. Hades slowly kills the visitor's dreams and desires, leaving the withered husk of what used to be a fiery spirit. Spend enough time in Hades and visitors give up on things that used to matter, eventually giving into total apathy. So kind of like the Shadowfell, you go gray with it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the big sad. The big sad. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this place, man, but I just, I don't know. So Hades has three layers called glooms. The glooms of the gray wastes are just that, dull gray lands. Uh, the earth is gray. The sky is gray. The petitioners are gray. Color is foreign here. 
as if vision itself is subverted. When visitors step into the plane, everything goes from color to white, black, or gray. There's no sun, no moon, and no stars above. Just a bleak gray radiance emanating from the sky. Okay. It's very boring. When you when you leave a colorful place and go here, the, the contrast is super stark. You don't have to hit on it like every time you describe something like it's gray like everything else. Yeah, you know? yeah. You can kind of have... Have you ever... I mean, did you ever watch the original American version of The Ring? No. I don't think I watched The Ring. No? Really? The yeah. horror movie The Ring? Yeah. I, I think I let that one slide by oh, me. Oh, it's actually really good. I really like If you like horror movies. I, I like more psychological stuff, so uh, I think that's I, why I skipped it. I like spiritual, uh, supernatural horror movies. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 is, yeah it is a ghost, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Well, I was going to say, like... I, I do like that movie, the, Amer I, the American one, and I like the Japanese one as well. But the thing about the American one is it's just the grayest movie. It is just the oh, grayest movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Everything is gray. Well, I did. I watched Blair Witch Project. That one had some color issues, I think, because everything's filmed on a handycam. For sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, kind of similar thing. They're in, it's it's nighttime. They're in the woods. Like, right. It's not right. colorful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least I, that's what I remember. It's been a while since I watched yeah, the Blair Witch Project. That's a pretty old Blair movie Witch. at this yeah, point. Yeah, I enjoyed my first watch of it. <clears throat> this greatness affects more than vision. It is a spiritual greatness. It reaches into the hearts of all who spend time in Hades. Those who spend more time here than they should become devoid of feeling. They don't laugh, don't cry, they just don't care. All they do is despair, their hope gone, and never to return. Both the entrapping trait of Hades and the spiritual sickness is called the grays uh, and are a manifestation of the grayness of Hades. The big grays, call it, instead of the big sads. <laughs> Foul creatures of every sort can be found in the gray wastes. Because this is a battlefield of the lower planes, demons, devils, slotty, formians, and even the occasional angel can be found here, spying for the war effort, or yeah, spying for the war effort or deserting their unit. And, of course, eugoliths are abound. Uh, despite the fact that most of the race has moved from this plane, their original home, to the neighboring plane of Gehenna, Gehenna, which is a very interesting thing. So the eugoliths, the, originally, they were born and created here in Hades. Right, okay. But over time, they have pretty much, like, 80% have all migrated permanently to Gehenna, which we did an episode on. Yeah, yeah. Um, just weird. Just, like, it doesn't really get explained as to the why. Too gray. Just this place sucks, I guess, is really what it is. <laughs> Too much blood war happening. Yeah. Night hags are also thick in Hades. In a lot of ways, when I think of this plane, night hags are the first creatures I think of. Uh, here, they constantly seek out beings called larvae. Larvae are former mortals of selfish and malicious nature whose souls have come here after death. Mm -hmm. uh, they are medium-sized worms with heads that resemble the heads of their mortal bodies. Uh, larvae serve as the currency of the lower plays, especially among night hags, liches, demons, devils, and eugoliths. Most are as likely to be used as food as to power a spell. The rare lucky larva is sometimes promoted to the lower form of eugolith. Oh, okay. So if you're evil and up-and-coming worm, you can get converted maybe. Yeah, to a eugolith, which is, you know, the, the neutral evil fiends. Uh, just being used as material for spellcasting sounds... Uh, pretty awful. Pretty vicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You probably just get torn asunder and then, like, your energy gets converted. Yep. So, yeah, the okay. fabric of your existence, yeah. These larvae are so valuable to night hags that the prime reason they leave Hades to range the prime material plane is not to merely work random evil, as is often assumed, but to collect nourishment for their cash flocks, which uh, which need to be sprayed regularly with humanoid blood in order to remain hale and healthy. Oh, okay. The blood of good aligned beings is held to be of superior nutritional quality. 
to any other type. Hey, why is your Windex red? We didn't ask about that. <laughs> hey, a nasty little spray bottle? That yeah. sounds, ooh. Oh, God. Yeah, it's clogged every now and again. You got to like, <laughs> what stops coagulation? There's probably some like insect venom that does that, like tick bites or like uh, something like that. I do believe that there are snake bites that, that uh, yeah, stop creature, coagulation. Yeah, parasites that feed, they don't want yeah. the blood coagulation, right? So yeah. they probably have something in their saliva or whatever. Definitely. Yeah, they got that in the spray bottle, too. Absolutely, they yeah. do. Uh, we also talked about this years ago, but Hades is famously host of herds of fiery nightmares as well. Oh, the flamey horse. The flamey horses, yeah. yeah. Not the bad dream. Not the bad dream, no. Um, you know what I think about sometimes? What? The Doolahan. Yeah, what about the Doolahan? I, I mean, it's spooky. This, we're yeah. in the spooktacular right now. Yeah, This is a spooky episode. There's a band. They're called the First of October, and they have <laughs> a song called Headless, which is sung for the point of view of the Headless Horseman. Oh, cool. And it's really dumb, and I love it. <laughs> I've been coming across so many songs. There's a song, uh, song about this pig that wins the county fair prize. And Hell yeah. Start worshiping. Being it like a god. What? I Whoa. forgot the name of it. I could pull it up right <laughs> okay, now. Okay, for sure. Or like there's a band that like covers, uh, they don't cover. They It's a metal band that does, um, who's that guy that has all those fucking crunchy sound bits? It's like they're putting chemicals in the water. They're turning oh, the god, freaking Alex frogs. Jones. You told yeah, me about this. The Alex Jones yeah, band. Jesus so that they'll Christ. let Alex Jones talk and just play metal over it That's and like insane. cut it a certain way to That's, make it part of the song. There's insane. a lot of, a lot of, Music out there. Spotify is a crazy place lately. Spotify is a crazy Spotify place. is new SoundCloud. Like you can just kind of throw whatever up there. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Hades. Petitioners in Hades are mostly grayish ghosts. Big surprise. Spirits so depleted by the waste that they lack solidity. They rarely speak, instead, crowding around visitors like moths around a candle, seeking the warmth of emotion and hope that living beings possess. Spirits of particularly selfish and malicious mortals that come to Hades become larvae. Okay. The first layer or gloom of Hades is called Oinos and is named for the lord of the Eugolus who dwells here, the Oinoloth. Oinos is the land of is a land of stunted trees, roving fiends, and vir- virulent disease. Uh, but more than anything else, it is a plain ravaged by war. This is a central battlefield of the Blood War. Fiends, warrior slaves, trained beasts, and hired mercenaries gather here to wage horrific battles on an epic scale. These battles despoil the already bleak terrain. The sounds of rending claws, clashing weapons, and screams echo across the entire layer. That's a cool thing to kind yeah. of lean into for describing for the sure. the arena or whatever. This plane is lean into the noise of it rather than like the colors of it, like what you right. see. What do you hear? What do you smell? That do you, do you think it's uh it's actually pronounced Inaloth? They put the O on there so they know. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke about something that happened last that's episode. Greyhog. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The number one major location of Oinos is the seat of the Oinoloth's power, Kin Oin, the Wasting Tower. Oh my gosh. A 20 mile high tower. 20 miles. That's higher than, like, that the, is stupid tall. The Earth's, like, lower breathable atmosphere, by the way. That is stupid tall. From my understanding. Maybe I'm wrong. The coolest towers have the dopest wizards inside of them, too. I can't wait. So this guy is evil as fuck oh yeah we're gonna get to it. so okay. 20 mile high tower kin oin looks like nothing so much as a freestanding spinal column some say that's exactly what it is the backbone of a deity slain by eugoliths i wouldn't be surprised that literally goes on in the lower plains mm-hmm. kin oin plunges as deep into oinos's gray soil as it ascends into the air so the tower sub levels uh tunnel 20 miles deep 
Shoot. Yeah. The Wasting Tower is ruled by an Ultraloth prince transformed by dark magic into something greater, a disease-ridden entity known as the Oinoloth, ruler of all Eugoliths. In fact, some stories hint that the entire Eugolith race was birthed here, arising in a pit at the absolute bottom of Kinoin. Uh, none but Eugoliths have ever held the tower, despite the constant array of fiendish armies outside. The rooms and floors of the tower seem to have no end, spawning vats, magical laboratories, and meditation chambers uh, can be found here as can uh, orreries, suites of rooms for Eugoliths, and floors that are themselves battlegrounds and drill fields. What are orreries? It's um, like uh, ash astrology stuff, like watching the stars that don't fucking exist here because it's Hades. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my understanding of what an orrery is, like, you know, telescopes and... Oh, yeah, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, like kind of like an, an observatory. observatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there maybe there are there is yeah, some yeah. sort of celestial bodies here that are part. They're probably gray. <laughs> Do you remember the when we did the Gehenna episode? The moon that wasn't a moon. Do you remember that? It was a giant mimic. Oh yeah, that's yeah, wild. Yeah, that yeah, I could probably eat a master eater. That yeah. did that come up? Probably. If did. it didn't, it's coming up now. It should have been a joke in that episode. That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> And gross. Yeah, absolutely. Sexually charged. Uh, okay, the, so... The Oinoloth rules from the tower's zenith, and the token of their rulership is an artifact called the Siege Malicious. The Siege Malicious is a gargantuan, immovable throne carved from the stone of the Wasting Tower itself. The throne is inlaid with tarnished silver, base copper, and brass. A circular crown of rubies adorns the top of the high seat, which is just large enough to sit a huge creature. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I really like the idea of the throne in a throne room being like part of the affixed like foundation of the building like this. How yeah. they're talking about. I think it's cool. Too. That is a very cool look. Yes. The Siege Malicious's power is to determine the Oinoloth and give the prospective ruler of Kin Oin full control over diseases on Oinos. Uh, this is done by a prospective Oinoloth sitting on the throne. If the one sitting has killed the predecessor, the throne accepts them as the new Oinoloth, but makes their skin slough off. Oh, great. <laughs> With the loss of skin comes power over diseases on Oinos, namely the power to create, modify, or nullify any disease, as well, of course, as dominion over the lair itself. When it, when skin sloughs off, mm -hmm. is that like it gets like wet and like, just slips like a pillowcase, like taking a pillowcase off a pillow. I, yeah, I, I picture like skin slopping like off, your, like which, by the way, comes up in D&D way more often than you think it should. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it, it's like it, it falls away like meat off of a bone. That's Yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of the yeah. visual I have going on, too. Let me look up like slough isn't a super like common word. Yeah, not. I mean, it's around it, for sure. It, I know it. Like every other episode of the Dungeon Cast. <laughs> I, you're right. Um, okay, so. The first definition is a swamp, and then the second one is a situation characterized by a lack of progress or activity. The economic sloth of the interwar years. Um, so then the second one, um, let's see, sheds or remove like a layer of dead skin. So, yeah, like reptiles, they, their skin sloughs off, so they yeah. can literally like crawl out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, like taking a, a pillowcase off of a pillow. Or, there we like, go. Taking your, you sloughed off his shirt. That's Fifty Shades of Grey up in up in <laughs> up in Hades. <laughs> it's all gray up. In hey, everything's Hades. getting sloughed off, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> when a person who does not qualify as the Oinoloth, for example, a person who merely drove away but did not kill the current Oinoloth, sits on the throne, the throne strikes them with a particularly strong version of a disease called gray wasting that erodes the person's force of personality. <laughs> Damn. 
well, I couldn't get his skin, so I got his heart. <laughs> I made him so fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Got another one. Let's take a short rest. It's the grand adventures of Ilian and Beard. Oh, Ilian. Ilian, where are you? I'm over here. Oh, 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 thank God. You're alive. Oh, there you are. Oh, oh, are you hurt? I'm a little sore and bruised, but I'll be all right. Uh, same. I got my ass plate back on just in time. <laughs> Could have been an absolute disaster. <laughs> Could have been a catastrophe. An, a catastrophe. <laughs> ben, stop, uh, laugh, stop yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I have something important to share with you. Look. Look what I managed to retrieve. Oh. It is, yes, Alien. a piece of the pendant of plenteous patrons. It's beautiful. Yes. How did you get it? Well, it was seen that the ass blast <laughs> shattered it into, uh, well, got, uh, who knows how many pieces. And I managed to cap capture this shrapnel in my bare hand before we were teleported to whatever place we're in. Yes, I was going to ask you next, since you you are here alive and well, and with this beautiful piece of the pendant, well, where, where are we? It seems gray. Yes, and quite misty. Yeah, and um, what's up with all these cliffs? They're everywhere. So my best guess, I would say that the arcane, the arcane singularity that was formed when the Eldritch Blast ricocheted off of your right buttocks cheek and into the pendant of plenteous patrons, created a vortex that ended up uh, transporting us to a random location in the cosmos. Um, it's rather dreary here. It could be the material plane, could be the shadow felt, could be a number of places, Ben. I'm, I'm not at liberty to inform you on what it is quite yet. I, I, I need to get a bearing on my surroundings. Uh, who, who were those guys? They were, they were weird. They were very strange and obviously warlocks. They said that they recognized us. Yes, I have no idea what they're talking about. They, they said they had a strange book. It felt evil. I could feel its evil presence. I did not get a chance to look at the book. I'm good at feeling out for evil. I yes? Just, I sort of just got a vibe. You know, kind of like a paladin. No, not really. Not, not, <laughs> I mean, Dan showed me a couple things, but not, nothing like nothing Man, like him. Are yeah. you multi-classed and you never told me? No, no, I just, you know, I've got a, I've got some additional trainings. I've, I'm vi It's more like a vibe check. You know, don't worry about it. Duly noted. Speaking of, said vibe check. I've got a ping. Yes? Someone approaches. Listen. Footsteps. Quickly. I must hide the pen to plenty of pages. They never know we have to. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Shard. We should call it a shard. Yes, we'll call it a shard. The shard. The shard, shard. of the shard of plenteous patrons. Yes, shard. yes, that's a good name for it. Who is, uh, they're approaching. They're coming. <laughs> Hello, boys. What brings you to the plane of Hades? Your your voice sounds familiar. Oh, does it? You've probably met my sister. Oh God. <laughs> you you wouldn't happen to be related to a Hagatha, would you? Yes, of course. I I'm pleased that you know of my our ilk. I am the Night Hag, Hagnus. And they're multiplying. They're everywhere. Why? I don't. At least she's wearing shoes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, Hagnus, did you say we were in the plane of Hades? That's correct. Oh, this is bad, Ben. This is really terrible. We're at the nadir 
of the outer planes, the lower planes to be specific. This is an evil location and uh, not one easily escaped. Yeah, that's, it, seems, it seems pretty bad. Hey, um, that, that, don't hags make deals? Yes, but they're usually quite dangerous to deal with. Oh, uh, or they're disgusting, I remember. Yeah, well, both. Yes, uh, maybe maybe we can do something for I can I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, we can, you know, if that's what you're trying to do, you're trying to get out of here, I can make a deal. What do you got? What do you got for me? I heard what you want to do. What are you going to do for all the hagness? <clears throat> uh, well, my lady, I am a wizard of great power and renown, and perhaps I could, uh, what, what is it that you desire? What is, what is your greatest desire? I may have a shard of power that could give to you the abilities to pursue your dreams. I could kill you and take the shard. I challenge you to do so. I am Ilian the Green. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the expected response, but I appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Hey, let's just give it at the deal. You know, I can help you, you can help me, and, and, and I do like my greatest desire. Let me think about it. Well, when I'm not night hagging around, ah. Uh, I do like to put my feet in the river sticks, and uh, you know, but I need I need a special cream to go on after to keep my feet hydrated. Oh God, the feet! Ri- it's always the feet. River sticks really dry you out. You know, takes the corns off, but then you know what's left. <laughs> you, you don't want to see it. Oh, I, d- I definitely don't. No, please, let's keep the, sh- the the feet contained. As a matter of fact, you could take ten steps back, and this mist will even help ex- obscure your feet even more. Are you sure? They're just they're just a, a pair of slippies. Oh no, right no, it's, it's, it's all right. Please don't. We we'll give you what you want. Agnes, what is what is the lotion you require? Is that I what it is? If I provide this cream to you, will you provide us with a portal back to the material plane? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna need a couple strands of hair, hair too, though. And it might feel a little weird when you go. But other than that, yeah, we you gave me my cream, and I need a lot of it. I need a lot. I have abnormally large feet. Even for a hag. What do you what do you think, Ilian? Do you, do you think you could make that happen? I, I mean you just procured the shirt. I know you're very capable when when doing your magics. I would assume. Ben. I believe that this shard has just enough power to make this happen. <sighs> Let us do it. If it's, a, if it's the only way. The problem is, if I conjure the cream, I'm like, we don't have a vessel to hold it. I conjure the cream is my favorite bard troop. I, you know what? I don't, I don't see another way out of this. She's gonna have to take the slippies off. <laughs> no. Oh God. There's no way. I have nothing to put this cream in. I'm gonna have to apply it directly. Oh, it's gonna go on right now. Okay. I got a. It's okay. I got a jar. I got a jar. Oh, thank, oh, thank God. God. Thank, God. thank God. You come prepared. These hags come prepared with the jar. <laughs> thank goodness. Yes, hag- uh, Hagnus. I almost said Hagatha. Put the jar down. Okay. Right there. There it is. Open the lid. Jar down. Lid off. I will evoke the funds provided to me by the. Fraction of a thousand benefit, 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 benefit. <laughs> benefactors, benefactors, beneficiaries. I'm speaking magic ease. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, please. I'm sorry, sorry. Do your magic ease. The, fra- <laughs> the fraction of a thousand generous benefactors. Oh! Wow, you really creamed the hell out of my jar. Good job. That'll do it. 
Now I'm gonna do my magic! You know, Bearden, they do say that hags use weird magic. I did just magic ease, right? Or is it different? It's definitely different. Oh, uh, wait. We just... What happened? Where are we? Oh, hey, the mission went away. There's no more cliffs. Indeed. There's no more Hagnes. Well, good. Well, good. Let's go. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm.
We've returned. Indeed, we have. We're fucking back. Indeed, we are. <laughs> Man, feels good. Does it? It feels gray and wasteful to me. Oh, I'm, I'm coming off of an alien and beer and high, probably. Oh, Although true. we don't record those till after the episode and they get edited in. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, no, they don't. They actually happen. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. I saw a comment the other day uh, saying that the, the ads before and after the alien and beer and show were also pretty good. Uh, yeah, I saw a, that too. That what a, are you talking about, person? Is that I, they're trying to say that the Alien Beer Show is so good, it's like the main show to them? <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, I I put in the ad like we have to put in ad markers as part of our contract, right? With, right. with Realm and yeah. with every other uh, entity that we've dealt with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> I, I I was like, I put the ads in after Alien and Beer. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's they're trying to say that the Dungeon Cast is also pretty cool. The podcast within the podcast is Alien and Beer, and I've always wanted to do that, kind of like the Munch Squad. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah, I think about that that's, as well. That's been fun. If you want to support Alien and Beer, and you can do so by going to Patreon.com/slash/TheDungeonCast, where they have finally encountered the pendant of plenteous patrons. Um, and also, uh, if you wouldn't mind, Will, tell tell the audience how you spell your character's name. Ilian is I L L I A N. Why? And uh, Bjorn is capital B E E R N. Just in case anybody wants to know. Okay. I'm just gonna. I just go on a correction. T- like people always get us for saying shit, saying shit the wrong way. <laughs> You're so vindictive, Brian. As Sarah Rack. I don't care. I mean, I do. <laughs> B E E R N. And if you wanna, if you wanna have fun with it, just spell it, spell it wrong. It's yeah, wrong for me. I'm absolutely. gonna come get everybody I see doing it. <laughs> yes. I have so far. Yeah, I know. I've seen I just you do type, it. I just, I, it's not to be. I'm not mad. I just want it, like, just so people know. I'll mm-hmm. just throw it in there. Beard. I won't say anything else. Usually, yeah. I'll just write it. Yeah, I've seen you do it. It's okay. I'm not upset. <laughs> he swears. I swear. All right, let's talk a bit about the Oinaloth. Okay. Who's also very displeased most of the time. Yeah, people don't usually hit that oi, the, the O. <laughs> or maybe they do. The Oinaloth, sometimes called the Oinodaemon, is the nominal lord of the Eugolus. That's actually, we haven't really talked about it. We probably talked about it five years ago when we did the Eugolus episode. But uh, originally the Eugolus were called daemons, not Eugolus. Oh, okay. And so you know how like all the Eugolus, they're like the Mesoloth, the yeah. Arcana Loth, yeah. the Ultra Loth. Before they were the Mesodaemon, the Arcana Daemon, like that. Oh, yeah. wait, why did it change? Oh, God, the the... A satanic panic back in the 80s caused. Ah, uh, so they had to stop calling things demons, start calling them Tanari. Demons became Yugoloths. Devils became uh, the, the Beatazu. And and then all the like pit, uh, chain devil, um, bearded devil all got new names. Um, and when when things kind of slid back, Yugoloths forever never went back. Oh, OK. So they rewrote everything back to normal except for them. Yeah, for some reason they just left Eugolus where they were, which probably is fine. Damon yeah. and Damon. Damon is a little yeah. bit confusing, yeah. And then there's probably Matt Damon was coming up through the <laughs> ranks. So, do you remember Matt Damon? I always remember Matt Damon. I was about to talk. I was trying so- hard not to talk about Matt Damon during when you said Oino Damon. You want to tell the audience about Matt Demon? Yeah, right that's quick? actually still in Patreon. It's like super old. We're like, I'm like learning how to do post production for shows like this, and Will Will ran us through some one shots. What are they called again? Um, uh, the Vault Raiders. The Vault Raiders one shots. So there's there's one shots in Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Dungeon Cast. You can go listen to them at the end of the second volume of Vault Raiders. Spoilers, but there's a demon that attacks us, 
and I think I go off the rails right there and be like, does he look like Matt Damon? Yeah. And <laughs> this then, is a big demon that looks then, like Matt Damon. And then I made the stupid, uh, what's that movie with the puppets? The, uh, yeah, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> Team America World Police. Yes, I made that reference. I was like, Matt, Matt Demon. Demon. So the de- is Matt Demon. Matt Demon. It's fucking good. It's, so I, it's stupid. <clears throat> everybody's got those moments in their D&D games where they laugh like harder than they ever laugh. Yeah. That's one that's one of them for sure. Yeah. That era of our D&D life, like that was one of the funniest fucking things that ever happened. <laughs> I don't know what true. the like I don't know what the rate of people that watched or consumed that episode of our like actual play stuff mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. or like who else thinks that's funny <laughs> if you're on patreon i would definitely go digging for that one it's yeah old, absolutely. But... i think all those live play stuff are cool but anyways oh, okay we're so far that off skill base. challenge was really cool too that we did in oh yeah the hoverboard race yeah, hoverboard yeah that race. was fun okay back to hades <laughs> Matt Demon. what can i say hades is just so gray and, and wasteful that we keep getting sidetracked <laughs> um uh, the Oinolas, sometimes called the Oino Daemon, is the nominal lord of the Eugolus, maintaining their precarious position from the Wasting Tower of Kent Oin. This rulership of the Eugolus is debatable. Uh, the Oinolas may rule Oinos, but the general of Gehenna has a much larger portion of the Eugolus population answering to them. And neither of them have a true iron vice on even their own followers, as the nature of Eugolus kind is one of true selfishness, avarice, and greed. Um, they're not lawful and in control um of their uh not i don't want to say lowers but like like the devils are right there's like oh. a rigid hierarchy that keeps everything in control so like the person in power despite all the plots is truly in charge i see and then with demons like it's all chaotic but so it just comes down to might makes right so like yeah when say. you're in charge it's because you're fucking in charge because you're no so one powerful. can test you yeah so- with eugolus it's not like either of those things it's like yeah, you're you're in charge in name, but like honestly, like you're not really in charge of much because everyone's too busy being selfish and plotting against each other. Yeah, like know? it's all fluid. It's all fluid. Yeah. Okay. And I just I find that interesting where the Eugolists are way more fluid in their hierarchy than even the demons, because with the demons, like within the chaos order is found through just the raw power. You know right. What I mean? Yeah. I yeah. just find that interesting. So regardless, Oinoloths are extremely powerful beings. They are harbingers of pestilence and the masters of wasting illness, ruling over Oinos, the diseased first layer of the Grey Waste, with their power over plagues. An Oinoloth's head resembles that of a foaming ram uh, that has been deformed by disease. A portion of their skin hideously sloughed off their bodies, and the wool that covers it is removed with, with ease. So you can just, yep. like, de-skin them. Just sloughing shit yeah. off of people. Left and right. Unveiling their skin shows their boils, blisters, and pustules, and their flesh is tautly strung over their bones. Um, despite being the supposed rulers of the Eugolith race, the Oinoloth spends less time coordinating their activities and managing their plans than they do, than they do trying to keep their own position. Kin Oin's rulers are in constant competition with each other, with the Oinoloth constantly trying to turn factions against one another in order to turn their ire away from themselves. Uh, while many ambitious Ultraloths gun for the throne, some care not for becoming Oinoloth, mostly because it's gross, but also that, because they prefer to simply manipulate those already in power. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is gross. It is gross. A lot of disease, a lot of sloughing. Yeah. That'd be cool to ha- u- utilize Eugoloths in the material plane and tie them in with disease since it's like clearly a part of like their embodiment. Right, yeah. I know yeah. that devils and demons have that too. Like disease kind of like floats around. Um, right. But this particularly like a plague outbreak like Mm -hmm. it like we don't treat 
we can't treat the plague all the way. We can't get rid of it until we go and kill this thing that's manifested in the material yeah, plane. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good way to to introduce Eugalus instead of the other two more popular demon or fiends. Excuse me. So 5e has changed some things when it comes to the Line of Loth. Uh, you can find this monster in both Fuller's Guide to Monsters, which we d discussed earlier is a no-no book now. Yeah, was that that was last episode? That was last episode, yeah. yeah. That, but it's also in the Monsters of the Multiverse, the which is their, their yeah. up and up book these days. Yeah, I, you know what? <clears throat> That's um, something I should like parse through, honestly, um, to see like what. You know, it came out and oh, cool! Like D and D Beyond kind of like doesn't give you information in book format. It just it's very it's all searchable or like you can do a combat. I mean, you can pull a source creator. book and go through the PDF. You can, you can. It's not as I don't know. It's just different than like reading a book for me. Like going, sure, yeah, going through it. Absolutely. I have a copy of it. I should like crack it open. Oh, but it's a it's a special edition copy. I don't want to do that. I should go get a regular one. But I don't want to give Wizards of the Coast money still. <laughs> I still, watch, I still haven't watched a and d movie. I'm I mean, hurt. It, it's pretty good. I know. I've <laughs> heard things. It's very Forgotten Realms. I was at, I was at a table uh, like DMing, and somebody was talking about something that happened in the D&D movie. He's like, oh, did you like it? And they were like, yeah, did you like it? I was like, I haven't seen it. And they're like, what the fuck am I doing at your house right now? How have you not seen this movie? Like, I'm here at your house playing d and I believe D &D. it's on Amazon Prime now. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I could go get it if I felt like it, It's worth the watch. I think it's pretty good. We'll, you we'll know, cue that up. Yeah. We'll cue yeah. that up. All right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So Sorry. you can find it in Volo's Guide to Monsters or the Monsters of the Multiverse. And in both books, the Ornoloth is not treated as a unique entity. Instead, it is spoken about as if it is an elite Eugolith unit on the battlefield. Something rare and to be feared, but not something akin to a demon lord or archdevil or other unique ruler level fiend. So okay. this is where... Like a Baylor? Balor? Baylor? Not even that powerful, dude. Oh. Like, I think a Balor or Baylor or whatever you want to call it... Um, and a pit fiend, they're both like challenge rating twenty. The Oinoloth in Monsters of the Multiverse is like challenge rating twelve. Oh wow! Which doesn't that doesn't jive with the lore up to this point, right? But like, dragons do not fear them because their skin is not slothable. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, grim specters of death. Oinoloth spring pestilence wherever they go. When armies recognize their awful forms, their mere appearance causes soldiers to break ranks and flee, lest they succumb to one of the awful plagues that Oinoloths let loose. Oinoloths solve uh, thorny problems by killing everyone involved. There you go. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. They are typically hired as a last resort when a siege has gone on too long or an army has proven too strong to overcome. Once summoned, Oinoloths stalk the killing field, poisoning the ground and sickening creatures they encounter. <clears throat> Sometimes they might be hired to lift the very plagues they spread, but the price for such work is high and the effort turns the creatures they have they save into debilitated wrecks that's fucking hilarious i'm gonna go disease everything and then i'm gonna let somebody come pay me to undisease everything yeah that sounds about right yeah uh and that payment in this regard is probably like souls right like, <laughs> yeah it's the souls or uh or, or larvae or larvae yeah. got it yeah, yeah. Uh, that's someone's intrusive thought definitely made it into this writing i was like wouldn't it be it would just be so much easier if we just fucking killed everybody <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> All right, on to the second layer or gloom of Hades, uh, Niflheim. Uh, this is a layer of gray mist that constantly twists and swirl among sickly trees and ominous bluffs. The thin fog limits vision to 100 feet at best, muffles sound, and eventually saturates everything with dampness. Oh. Niflheim is not as um, war-ravaged as Oinos, probably because the mist hinders combat. 
Many predators prowl the lands hidden amidst, amid the mist, including fiendish direwolves and trolls. A vision, including dark vision, is limited to 100 feet in Niflheim, and perception checks to hear suffer a penalty due to the muffling nature of the fog. Uh, besides the fog, Niflheim consists mostly of dark forest land riddled with jutting bluffs, which suddenly fall away into deep chasms. I see. Okay. So you need a runner. You need, you need, if you're a troop moving through this location, you need somebody out front that's going to fall off a cliff before the rest of your army does. Right. Yeah. You'll probably sacrifice a lot of people trying to get around here. Yeah. Several, a doubt. several at least. Yeah. It's just, okay. At this point, like, there's no reason to even be in here to, uh, at the second layer, layer of Hades if, if you're involved in the war effort. There's just nothing here. And that's just going to kind of continue as we keep going down. That sucks. <laughs> like, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I'll rant at the, the end. The only notable location that I could find anything on besides some Divine Realm locations specific to Forgotten Realms, which I'm not going to get into here, um, uh, was a place called Death of Innocence. Uh, a small town tucked away in the Misty Pines, Death of Innocence is constructed of hewn pine taken from the surrounding forest. The town holds more than 5,000 mortals and non-larva petitioners, though the most they mostly remain inside their dwellings, giving the town a vacant feeling. It's just the early internet yeah. where you could like accidentally watch a beheading video <laughs> at like 10 years old. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Strangely, those who live behind the protection of the town's walls sometimes strive to improve their lot and break out of apathy. Great wooden gates bar entry to Death of Innocence, and both the gates and the outer wall bristle with spikes. Inside, a broad avenue leads to the town center where a gray marble fountain stands. The wood of the buildings and gate oozes blood as if sap, as if sap confirming the belief that petitioners are trapped within the wood. Oh. Uh, neither the grays nor the entrapping trait of Hades can penetrate the walls of Death of Innocence. So it's like it is safe. You like if if you if you're if you end up here and you find Death of Innocence, you probably want to get inside so that you don't completely die of the gray waste outside its walls okay so the it's problem safer is it's safer yeah but the problem is once you're inside like leaving is dangerous so you're kind of trapped okay and you might yeah. get eaten by trees i guess yeah is that a fantasy trope eaten by trees well like getting trapped at people in the trees or like something like like that's like a old folklore trope oh yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Dude, have you ever checked out the, um, you know, Zack Snyder, right? He wrote he wrote Batman for a while. I don't know if yeah. he still is. Uh, uh, it's been years. The Snyderverse. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, all, it's um, all a mess. He's got uh, a couple of independent comics. He has one called Witches. Ooh. It's fucking incredible, dude. It's incredible. It's just one just one graphic novel. That's all you need, just the one graphic oh, that's novel. that's cool. It's a complete closed story, and yeah, like, it's really good. And People Trapped in Trees is a big reason that I brought it up right now. So. The next book I have to read has a sequel on it. The next book you, you I have to read. It's got a seagull on it. Marcos gave it to me. Okay. Yeah. What's it called? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'll go get it. It's inside. All right. We'll talk about it after. Yeah. All right. Back to the Hades. The third and final layer of Hades is the gloom known as Pluton. Here is a layer of dying willows, shriveled olive trees, and night black poplars, which are a type of tree. Mm -hmm. It is a realm where no one wants to be and no one can remember why they came. Oh, dang. It's the worst party. It's a bad rave. It's a bad rave. <laughs> of course, petitioners have no choice in the matter. Usually the blood ward does not reach this lowest gloom, though some raids have occurred when one side or the other wished to retrieve the spirit of a fallen mortal captain who possessed particularly sharp tactical skills. Okay, that's 
All right. Here the souls of the damned come to rest in the underworld. The underworld is contained with the wall within the walls of gray marble that stretch for hundreds of miles and are visible for thousands of miles beyond that. A single double gate pierces the marble walls of the realm. Constructed of beaten bronze, the gates are dented and scarred by those intent on getting past. However, the gates are also guarded by a terrible fiendish beast, a gargantuan three-headed hound made from the squirming, decaying bodies of hundreds of petitioners. Okay, I mean, that's a little bit of a different take on the three-headed dog or whatever. <laughs> Indeed the, it what is. What do they call that thing? Cerberus? The Cerberus, yeah. yeah. So this, this, this tactician that is being searched for so I, I understand that like this is a plot hook but what the fuck like you don't have a devil like in your ranks that is at least as good as this cat you know what i mean i mean yeah like i would say it'd be pretty rare it'd have to be someone of like of, legendary no status. Yeah, yeah like we definitely. need we, we're gonna see if we can get this guy because yeah. that'll turn the tide of the blood war exactly and then that's a, an adventure and your mortals have to go down in there to get it before they do right or whatever sure yeah sure. yeah I, I, uh, that that's a good intro to this i like that. i was just like why write that here that's probably why i guess but the you know to... i think it was just a suggestion yeah yeah beyond the gate the inside of the realm appears much like the outside of the realm blackened trees stunted bushes and wasted ground dominate the landscape larvae are everywhere writhing in the dust as are gray wraith-like petitioners who are on the verge of being sucked completely dry of all emotion by the spiritual decay of the plane when they lose that last shred of emotion, the remaining essence becomes one with the gloom of Pluton. Okay. Sometimes great heroes or desperate lovers from the material plane travel to this lair via a tributary of the river Styx or portals hidden in great volcanic fissures. They come to the underworld because they believe that they can find the spirit of their friend of a friend or loved one and extricate that spirit from a hopeless eternity. Because larvae... Besides larvae, faded petitioners, and the occasional foolish mortals, demons, eugolists, and devils roam this land looking for choice morsels. Okay, I can. You can do a lot with this location. Mm -hmm. There's that. Um, there's that like place in the spirit world in Last Airbender, where like souls get lost and trapped mm -hmm. in there, mm -hmm. and then they just like wander and meander. They don't, you know, they go crazy in there. They don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. That would be cool to kind of put here there's some implications that suggest yeah something so like that. so generally speaking in D D, like your soul goes to where it's aligned right so i was thinking like, okay, but why would why would souls end up here if they weren't evil i mean not to say that like evil people can't have lovers that they would go after to save but i was thinking like okay maybe you could have a situation where like someone who notably not evil um, dies, but because of like maybe where they died or the way in which they died, their soul got lost, and all lost souls end up here. Yeah. So or, their soul doesn't yeah. belong in the underworld of Hades because they were a good person, but because of like an unfortunate circumstance, it ended up there. And maybe lovers and friends can't abide by that. Like their their friend deserves better, so then they go. To yeah. Try and, like, or, or maybe they got pushed into doing something evil before they died. That led could, to yeah. Death. There we like, go. That's another good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you, you do things for your loved ones that it can be suspicious at times. So maybe sure. you made a sacrifice on your morals and you died. Yeah. And now you're here. Yeah. And your friends are they know you're good people like you were saying mm -hmm. they go down to get they you. come for you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like, we gotta use the soul. Of, I mean, if you're gonna go get a soul. In, and you're playing D&D &D and you have the capability to go get someone's soul from somewhere, you better just fucking res them. Like, right. you have the means probably around to fucking resurrect them. So just go get them and get them I a mean, chance well, to. I mean, it raises a good point. Like, at what point can one not resurrect somebody? You know what I mean? Like, if their Early soul level? is... Yeah, well, I mean, lore-wise, right? Yeah, like, totally. Their soul's barred behind the gates of Hades. Like, 
I mean, should resurrection work? I'd have to look at the actual spell. I think like, you have to go get it out. Is that how that works? Well, I th- I would think a lot of times you would safe the plane would like safeguard it as like you know the planes are hungry too for souls, right? Yeah, sure. So maybe like there's you have to go get the soul out of the plane <clears throat> and bring it somewhere where it's free to be rezzed. You know, it, like stuff like that. And you can write that into your game. Like you don't have to like, but I am curious what the actual lore I got, is supposed to I got to be. the resurrection spell in front of me. It's a level seven necromancy spell. I've never cast a spell. I've never seen it cast at my table um, for multiple reasons. I mean, in Super Quest Saga, I think I told you guys I'm straight outlawing resurrection. If you die, you die. Um, you guys never died. So you're, you guys were good. Well, you, you I think you did allow um, the uh, Jake had a reincarnate thing like up his sleeve. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. But it never, it never, it didn't <clears> come into play. Yeah. yeah. But, anyways, this is what it says You touch a dead creature that has been dead for no more than a century that didn't die of old age and isn't undead. If its soul is free and willing, so I think free is, there we go, because if it's in Hades, it's not free. Not free. Yeah. Yeah. The target returns to life with all its hit points. This spell neutralizes. So, okay. I'm that's not, the caveat. That's, that's the, caveat. the soul is yeah, free. Right so, there. you decide so what is free and what is not. If that soul ended up anywhere in the lower planes, it's being used as currency. It is not free. Right. Yeah. So, basically, it's like if if they died and their their soul went to, I don't know, Celestia or Arcadia, then yeah, you're going to resurrect them, no problem. Don't they do uh, um, Chris Perkins' game? Uh, like, don't they go get somebody's soul? Yeah, that was back in fourth edition where, uh, well, no, they, they thought Aofel had died. And they right, tried yeah. to resurrect him, but they couldn't because he wasn't dead. Okay. And then they were like, wait, he's in hell. And so they had to go get him. Like, basically. They so got, a little different than the situation. A little different. Okay. Yeah, God, that's him. a good, that's a good session, man. That yeah. That's hilarious. But th- that's the thing is like, you have to go to hell to like get a soul back right, out because right. it's being, I've seen, I think Dungeons and Daddies did that too. Yeah. But um, th- that's a great plot hook for like late level game. Like, yeah. hey, our hero fucking died and we need him to complete the blah blah blah. So we mm, gotta go mm-hmm. before we blah blah blah. Dude, in my fucking in my home game, the deck of many things is sending people's fucking souls wherever. And now I'm like, okay, well I guess I'm riding this fucking plane of existence where you're like in a fucking matrix bubble. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like now they're talking about I'm like they kind of played through the dungeon the rest of the dungeon like nothing's no big deal. But they are talking. Somebody's talking about like, okay, are we gonna go say, try to figure out what the fuck happened to our dudes and go save them because they didn't die. What and, What is the player who controls that dude doing? I'm playing a new character. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay <laughs> I was gosh. like, hey, you got another dude that's on hand? Crazy. Like, let me make one real quick. Yeah, that's crazy. I lost two players to the same card. That's so, so crazy. There's two dudes well, just in the fucking spheres somewhere. That's like, the deck I, of many things, man. That's yeah, how that works. Ugh. Um. Even in Super Quest Saga, I kind of pulled a, hey, you lost your girl, you got to go to hell and go get her. That's true. Yeah. We did have to yeah. do that. <laughs> you did have to do that. It's a cool thing that you can do in your games. And here's a place where you can like send a soul. <clears throat> Indeed. So uh, that's, that's all I have on Hades, man. What do you what do you think? It could be cool. It could have easily been really cool. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. agree. I think there's a lot of space to make it cool. And I think any DM can easily make it cool. I think my problem with Hades is just like I have so many other equivalents or things close enough to it that I have no, nothing drives me to like, no, I'm going to use Hades. You know what I mean? That's the problem is like, if I want to go with the fiend stuff, I'm almost definitely going to use the Abyss or the Nine Hells. If I want to go with the gloomy, um, gray stuff, you know, I'm probably going to use the Shadowfell. Well, that's, I think that's the, the linchpin is location. Location's everything. So if you need it to be between the Nine Hells and, and the Abyss, 
then you use you would use this instead of the shadow fill. Right. Yeah. You're but if right. you don't need it to be involved in that stuff, you can mm -hmm. just use the shadow fill. Like right. You're saying. Exactly. So like that's that's one stipulation here. It's like we're doing a blood war campaign or we're doing a nine hells campaign or whatever. And like right in that in that case, it does become a valuable piece because it's like it's a different vibe that yeah. belongs in the same like setting. If yeah. You know. Like I don't want to like it wouldn't make sense to go to the shadow fill, but I want something tasty like that. Exactly. Not yeah. tasty yeah. gray. But um, you know that's the thing is you could import this in make it cool like hide something awesome here that no one knows is here that yeah. like you get like one little clue to go you know find some weapon that's hidden in this fucking weird cliff misty area or, mm -hmm. or whatever you know stuff like that the creative people that are out there dungeon mastering can take this and do something with it yeah sure absolutely all right well that's all i have on hades we ready for a long rest let's do it let's do it Hey everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. This is the part of the show where we relax. People have been calling, begging me for Slippy's updates. <laughs> I think it's one person, but I mean, I hear them loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, we, I um, do miss the Slippy sometimes. That was a fun era. It was. Uh, now I have Ilian and Birna improv, so I don't need to improv <laughs> random Slippies. But these Slippies are gray. I'm putting them on. Yeah, super gray Slippies. <clears throat> super gray they're not they're they're not very comfortable. They don't feel very good, but I can't be bothered to take them off. Yeah, the the materials is skin like, and it keeps coming off. It's oh no, gross. it's sloughing. It's sloughing. It's hilarious. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, you could check out patreoncom slash cast like we talk about in short rests, but it'd be really cool if you did because this is a patron episode, right? This is a patron episode. I should pull oh, up the patrons yeah, we to shout them the out. Shout I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are the chances we could get Jake or Freeland to DM a Vault Raiders or a, a, a holiday special or something? I don't know, Slim, days. probably. Because <laughs> I would love to do some more stuff for the patrons, but God knows I don't have the time to DM anything right now. <laughs> you know, it, it is, is what it is. We, we've kind of maxed out our, mm -hmm. our free space, so mm -hmm, now we're yeah. trying to do stuff in self-contained at the time we've already got. So... Um, <laughs> You know, unhauled will make it to the to the audio waves soon enough. So. Oh yeah, it, eventually. Well, I've got the patrons pulled up on the last little stretch here. Shall we? Shall we make a, a run at them? Let's do it. <clears throat> Thank you guys so much for for coming on to Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash/DungeonCast, where you could support us, Ilian and Beern, and check out some uh, additional content, including, but not limited to, uh, early episodes as early as we can get them to you that are ad free. Uh, a lot of actual play stuff, um, OST for Super Quest Saga, and anything else that I make. And um, they, there's just a ton of stuff. Episode notes. You guys, go check it out. Yeah, Sift yearly around. unique merchandise. You know, it's been going on in there for like five or six years. So there's just stuff that's like older, that's like, you know, rigid in its audio quality probably <laughs> and, and things like that. It's, it's charming. It's fun. I, I do recommend you guys go check it out. Uh, so for patrons, we've got Locke Dannon. Thank you, Locke Dannon. Thank you, Locke Dannon. That's an upgrade. Uh, Mage Buffalo Productions. Thank you, Mage Buffalo Productions. Woo. <clears throat> Woo. Yeah, if you want to plug your shit on here like that, <laughs> I'm down. Thank you, Mage Buffalo Productions. We got SD... Uh, SD loves uh, the whole the whole tag here is SD love hearts I should say hearts SD hearts special guest Jake and friend of the show Josh Freeland. <laughs> that's the whole name. Yep, that's her whole name. Well, she's she's a longtime YouTube commenter. And, okay, and stuff. So she upgraded from 
the woo tier to the annual subscriber. <laughs> Thanks, ST. Thanks, ST. We've been watching your you comment on our shit for a long time. It's always nice. Uh, we got uh, Dylon Seekford. Thank you, Dylon. It's probably Dylan, but it's fun to say Dylon. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Woo! Woo! Neil Buckley. Thank you, Neil. Woo! Woo! Asterian's Chew Toy. <laughs> Thank you, Asterian's Chew Toy. Asterian's a character from Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> and, spoilers, he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. That's a great name. And we've got Shay Miller. Thank you, Shay. Woo. All right, that was everybody. We really thank appreciate you guys, you guys for supporting so much. us. We yeah, yeah. We Obviously, thank it. you to everybody who's still on. Maybe one day, like towards the end of the year, I'll just fucking read the whole list. Holy shit! Okay. I'll just fucking rail them off. Oh yeah, let's go. Maybe we will do it over the Pokemon rap or something. <laughs> yes, <be> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. And Maybe. I won't try to make it rhyme. I'm just gonna say well, whatever Pokemon, order Pokemon they're rap in. Rap doesn't rhyme. Well, I think they don't. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't really rhyme almost ever. I think they, when they can, they do, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a while. They can make a better effort if they really wanted to try because they don't. <laughs> does that does that song air in like the the Japanese? Because I watched it as in English as a it kid. might just be an American thing. That I don't created. actually know. I have, I have to no find idea. out. Is there a Japanese Pokemon rap? Holy shit! <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Pikachu in Japanese is just Pikachu, right? Yes. So yes. it's not like it's. And that's an ongoing thing with with all the Pikachu clones is they always keep their Japanese name when they come over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like, Some of the Pokemon. Like tomorrow and, oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Well, thank you, everybody, on Patreon again. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Um, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. It would be cool to run through the whole list and just thank it everybody would. that's been around and still there. Um, if you leave, you won't make that whenever we do it. Hopefully by the, <laughs> the end Patreon of the year. Patreon wrap. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, what else do we got? Okay, do we want to talk about... Um, Oh, yeah, let's just go. The notes below. We have a P.O. box. You guys can send us physical mail, like Indeed. postcards or letters. We'll read them on the show. Um, I, I need to go check. By next recording, I'll have checked the, the box. Um, and then we've got the dungeoncast at gmail.com is our email. You can reach out to us there. But if you want to talk to us in more of a real-time situation, check out our Discord. You can join there and talk D&D and Dungeoncast stuff, Super Quest Saga stuff, FBAT stuff with like-minded people. Um and you can t- like hit us up and ask us questions and shit. Um, let's see, we got uh, social media. Will yeah, you can find us on Twitter or sorry me X. Um, for X. now, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. We're on Threads and we're on Mastodon. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm posting on all of them mostly daily. Again, I, it's been a little slow for me this last week, but I'm I'm planning on getting in there daily and uh, posting. And then, uh, what does that leave? That leaves um, the Baldur's Gate giveaway that's probably popped off at this point. Yeah, as um, soon as we know in real time who's won, we'll announce it here on the show. Yeah, we'll do another giveaway soon that's not, like, maybe we'll give away some some books or something again. Who knows? Um, something, man. Something cool. If Hey, let us know, if you guys made it to this part of the episode, let us know what you want to see in a giveaway, because I would like to know what the people what the people crave. Yeah, I mean, nice to hear some suggestions for sure. Yeah, and uh, and we'll do one. Yeah. So, um, Star Seeker's Guide to Dragon Star. It's a book that's being written, and um, it is it is based off of our our live play Super Quest Saga, a sci fi high fantasy adventure. Um, and essentially, it's just a way to bring your D and D game to space. It's 
I would say it's more fantasy than it is sci-fi, but it is definitely both. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so basically it's dra- it's though. dragons in space with spaceships. There's there's laser guns and laser blades alongside normal swords and normal armors. And um, There's magic science. There's magic science and there's science magic. And uh, there's going to be a whole bestiary of alien monsters. There's going to be an entire section of galactic treasure trove items. Uh, there's going to be over 11 new subclasses. There's going to be over 11 new species that you can play. And uh, if you want to check it out, go ahead and pre-order the book over at If you like stuff like Psygic and Magiants. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we should call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.